great to see a Purpose Church. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Next Sunday, June 5th, we've got Chris Brown uh, preaching at all the three uh, Sunday morning services be online as well. Uh, he was our student ministries pastor here and now is pastor of one of the biggest churches in America. He's considered one of the top preachers in the United States. I would really urge you uh, to be here next Sunday and to invite as many people as you can to come with you also. There's a great, great, great opportunity for us. And then the following Sunday after that, um, June 12, I will start our summer series on the book of Revelation called Dear Church. And we're going to spend the summer in the book of Revelation. But today we're finishing up our spring series, which is called Before You Leave. And I want to thank Pastor Eric Holmstrom for this series. He's the one that came up with the idea. And I have to admit, I wasn't a believer at first. I thought there just wasn't enough to talk about in this area. And oh boy, was I wrong. Uh, we've looked at seven important areas of life and asked the question, when should I pause? What should I pause and consider before I leave? And now today we're considering the most important area of all, before you leave this earth. I heard a story about Denzel Washington last week about how every night when he goes to bed, he takes his shoes off and he throws them under the bed. Now, why does he do that? So that when he wakes up every morning, he's got to get on his knees to retrieve his shoes. And he wants to start every day on his knees in dependency before God saying, God, what do you want to do in and through me today? How can I better prepare to leave this earth? How can I prepare for eternity? And he wants to start every day on his knees in dependence upon God. And our whole purpose at Purpose Church is to prepare as many people as possible to leave this earth. So what I want to do today is to go through our vision, mission, and values. And these are not meant to just be inspirational slogans or, or feel-good uh, sayings. They're actually a list of things to do before you leave this earth. You know how you make a packing list before you go on a trip? Well, our vision, mission, and values are a packing list before you leave earth for eternity. And so first of all, our vision. Uh, where are we going? Well, everyone everywhere following Jesus. Jesus' last words, his, his mission, his, his purpose that he called us to uh, right before he left earth to go back to heaven. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's hold that on that verse for just a moment. Let's go back to that verse. Make disciples. Before you leave this earth, you got to make sure that you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you're a follower of Jesus, that you are a disciple, and then you go public with that by being baptized. Now, on June 12th, uh, two weeks from today, we're going to have uh, baptisms in all of our worship services or after our worship services. If you want a more private uh, baptism, you can do it after the service. If, you want, if you're willing to do it within the service, it'll be within the service. But don't make sure you don't leave earth uh, and go into eternity without being a disciple of Jesus and without making that public uh, through baptism. Uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 19, just uh, so powerfully, this story of Jesus uh, tells us to be prepared be before we leave this earth. Uh, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. 
at his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, and he was covered with sores. Uh, and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table, even the dogs came and licked his, his sores. Now let's be careful we don't let ourselves off the hook and say, well, I, I'm, I'm not the rich man. I'm more like the beggar than I am like the rich man. Well, do you know that if, if you have a household income of $59,000 or more, it puts you in the top 9% of the world's population. So the average American is closer to the rich man than to uh, the beggar. Let's pick it up with verse 22. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and he was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered that I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. For I have five brothers, let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Uh, he said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. And so don't leave earth until you've called on the name of Jesus and been saved. When Jesus was crucified, there was a man being crucified next to him who had just one hour to live one hour until he was going to leave this earth. And it says in the crucifixion story in, in Luke, then that man said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And at the last moment, just before he left earth, um, he, he makes his peace with God. He calls on the name of Jesus. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Let's go back to verse 42. This man simply cried out to Jesus, Jesus, uh, I, I, I've sinned. I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me here on the cross. Please remember me when you come into your kingdom, right there where you sit in your living room or at your computer. Right now, you can just simply say those same words that this man said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I ask for the forgiveness of my sins. I want you to be my leader and my Lord and my King. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Be my King. And right now, in this moment, you can call on the name of Jesus like this man did, and then you will be prepared uh, to leave earth and go to heaven and enter into eternity. Jesus said in the next verse, truly I tell you, today you're gonna be with me 
in paradise. And you can have that hope right now simply by calling on the name of Jesus. Now, once you've prepared for eternity, once you know that you're on your way to eternity in heaven, the next step is to invest in eternity. Once you've prepared for eternity, now your next step is to invest in eternity. Uh, I love this quote by Francis Chan. He said, our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Don't fear failure. Fear being successful at things that don't really matter, that don't invest for eternity. And that leads us to our mission uh, here at Purpose Church. Uh, how do we get there? What we wanna do as a church is help people find their purpose to connect with God, to connect with others, and to spend our lives connecting others with God. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 22, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. So number one, love the Lord your God. Uh, next verse, he says in verse 38, this is the first and the greatest commandment. And then he gives the second one, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others. And then that leads us to our values. What values do we want to have as followers of Christ? What values do we want to encourage each other to have here at Purpose Church that will prepare us to leave earth? Uh, who are we becoming? First one is found people, find people. As a follower of Jesus, you are called to find and to reach those who do not yet know him. In John chapter one, it says, Andrew, uh, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did, uh, let's go back to the previous verse, to verse 40. It says he had followed Jesus. So he found Jesus and he was found by Jesus. And then to verse 41, the first thing he did, found people, find people, was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And then verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. Let's watch this together. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word.
brother and the baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long. We believe, but my faith, how sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. What do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. Found people find people. Andrew found Jesus, and he turned around and helped his brother find Jesus as well. Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 15. Then Jesus told them this parable. Uh, there, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I love this quote by Andy Stanley. He says that every church's gravitational pull is toward the 99. And we've got to fight that here at Purpose Church. And I believe because we've resisted that gravitational pull, I believe that explains why we are still going strong after 152 years. As I've said, there's only possibly only 10 other churches along with us, 11 churches 
in American, possibly world history, in the 2000 year history of Christ's followers, the history of the church, that are still doing things as strongly and effectively after 152 years as we have. Only us and 10 others. And I, and I think, the, you know, what's the secret to that? What, what's, what's the principle that helps us to continue to keep that passion after 152 years? It is we are resisting that pull towards the 99 to just live to please uh, those that are already following Christ. And of course, we want to meet people's needs. And of course, those of us that are already following Jesus, we're all about meeting those needs. But even as we do so, we must never forget the one lost sheep. We must never forget the one, even as we meet the needs of the 99. Dave Browning puts it this way, there are two tensions in a church. There's always two tensions in balance. Outreach, looking outward, outside of ourselves to reach others for Christ, and nurture, that is taking care of those that are already following Jesus. Without intentionality, without being intentional, nurture always wins. We have got to always say, and that's what's gonna keep us thriving uh, for the next number of years until Jesus returns. We've always gotta be intentionally directing our attention to the one lost sheep, even as we minister to the 99 and not allow uh, our needs to take precedence uh, over reaching those people that do not yet know Christ. Found people, find people. Another way to put it, is with one of my favorite illustrations of this, which is the tragedy of the sinking of the Titanic. And when the Titanic went down, there were three types of responses from those in the lifeboats uh, that were outside of the Titanic and outside of the people that were drowning in the water. The people drowning, that represents those that are lost without Christ, uh, those that are, that are not on their way to heaven. Um, there are three responses you can have. Number one is you can get so close to those drowning people. You can so identify with them. You can say, I want to identify with those in, in my culture. I want to be like the people in my culture. I want to be like those in the world. And you begin to identify so much that you fall into the water and you begin to drown yourself. Or churches that do this. Churches that try to not be distinct in, in following Jesus according to biblical standards. They, they want to be so much like the world that their boat gets swamped, their church gets swamped, and now they are drowning as well. Now their, their church, their boat goes under the water as well. There's no difference between them and the surrounding culture, between them and the surrounding world. That's one response. The second is to go away, and, and this happened with many of these lifeboats in the sinking of the Titanic, to get so far away from the drowning people because you don't want them tipping the boat. You don't want them uh, getting into your boat. Uh, you want to protect yourself that to go so far away that you're completely safe, but you're not reaching anybody for Christ. You're just thinking about the 99 rather than the one drowning person uh, there in the water. What we want to do at Purpose Church is we want to be one of those lifeboats, and there were a few, not many, uh, they were in the minority, but there were a few at the singing of the Titanic that 
that get close enough to pull drowning people into the boat without us falling into the water ourselves or without our church being swamped by the surrounding culture in which we uh, find ourselves. To get close enough to reach the one lost sheep, close enough to still be thinking outwardly rather than inwardly, uh, close enough to reach people for Christ and to think about those that are going into a Christless eternity, but not, uh, but still being distinctive, uh, unique in the way we follow after Jesus and not just trying to copy uh, the culture that is uh, around us. Uh, and then the next uh, principle, the next value that we wanna have on our way to leaving this earth are we are better together. God created you to share life with others. Hebrews chapter 10, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Uh, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. We need to be encouraging each other, building each other up, strengthening each other so that we live with values for eternity uh, for leaving this earth and not just becoming like everybody around us within our culture. Uh, this applies to regularly worshiping together, uh, but it also applies to groups. Uh, we are constantly here at Purpose Church starting new groups and connecting new people uh, to existing groups. So if you're looking for a group uh, to join right now or one to join uh, after the summer is over, just go to purposechurch.com groups and we will help you find a group that's right for you. And then the third value to be prepared to leave this earth is growing people change. Uh, we need to grow more and more like Christ on our way to leaving earth and going into eternity. As you follow Jesus, you will always have a next step to take. Romans 12, verse two. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform, but be uh, transformed. N.R. Nairayana uh, Murte uh, writes this, growth is painful, change is painful, but nothing is as painful as staying stuck where you do not belong. Uh, this being Memorial Day weekend, here's a part of the cadet prayer at West Point's United States Military Academy that is repeated by the cadets uh, during their chapel services. Part of the prayer goes like this. Make us choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong. And never to be content with a half truth when the whole truth can be won. Endow us with the courage that is born of loyalty to all that is noble and worthy, that scorns to compromise with vice and injustice and knows no fear when truth and right are in jeopardy. And then the next value on our way to leaving this earth is everyone is designed to serve. God made you to make a difference when you serve others. Uh, Florence Nightingale, who's the founder of the modern nursing movement, said, God spoke to me and called me to his service. What form this service was to take, the voice did not say. And then Cesar Chavez says, the end of all knowledge should be service to others. And we have so many opportunities to serve here at Purpose Church. Just this week, 
I heard how the Pomona Youth Club here at our church uh, needs more homework helpers. Uh, we actually have a waiting list of kids in our neighborhood who want homework helpers. And the more helpers we get, the more children we're able to reach. And uh, you know how it is, boy, after the tragedy of this week in Texas, I'm sure you're feeling it too. The children of our community just seem even more precious to us uh, than ever before. Um, we need 40 more crew uh, leaders for our Purpose Kids Camp at the end of June. And these are ways to invest in children, to point them to Jesus so that they're prepared to leave earth. And, and this is what we're to do, how we're to be involved in, in reaching our world for Christ and particularly reaching the children in our neighborhoods and, and within our own church and those that people bring uh, from our church. And then the final value in preparation to leave this earth is generous people transform the world. The local church is the best way to invest financially because every dollar you give goes further and goes faster. Uh, Paul said to the young pastor he was mentoring, uh, Timothy, he says, command those who are rich in this present world. Remember what I said before, uh, compared to the whole world in this present world, we are among the rich, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. When we leave earth, for the coming age, firm foundation by investing financially in eternity so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You know, it's like retirement. When people get into their later years, they have uh, three thoughts. Uh, thought number one is you think, boy, I'm glad for what I did financially earlier in my life in order to prepare for retirement. But then the second thought is, oh, but I wish I had done more. And then your third thought is, I have no idea if I've done enough because I don't know when I'm gonna die. <laughs> it's, it's very hard to predict that. And how much do you need to save because you don't know how many years after retirement and, until you die. Now, being prepared for retirement is not nearly as important as being prepared to leave this earth for eternity. But when you leave this earth, you're gonna have the same three thoughts that people have when they approach retirement. Number one, I'm glad I invested in eternity. Whether it's financially or serving or found people find people or growing to be more like Jesus. Oh, I'm so glad uh, I in invested in eternity. I'm so glad I accepted Christ, that I made that public through baptism. And then I began to live in such a way that I was living for eternity, for things that are gonna last forever. I'm glad I invested in eternity. But the second thought will be, I wish I had invested more in eternity. I'm sure that every one of us are gonna wish we had lived more for eternity. The moment we leave this earth and get to eternity, we're gonna wish we had invested more in eternity. And then number three, because I'm going to live 
for eternity. We may not know the, the day that we die, but we do know that once we die or once Christ returns, we are going to live for eternity. I may not know when I'm going to die, but I know I'm going to live for eternity. And Psalm 17, verse 14, uh, the psalmist says, By your hand, save me from such people, Lord. Save me from such people. What kind of people is he talking about? From those of this world whose reward is in this life. Oh God, save me from thinking and living like those whose entire reward is in this life and they have nothing for eternity. As for me, however, I will be vindicated and will see your face when I awake. When I leave this earth, uh, because I've accepted Christ, uh, because I'm a follower of Jesus, because I said like that man right before his death, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then I began to invest my life in eternity. I began to live for, th be successful things, not that don't matter, but that do matter for eternity. I will be vindicated and will see your face. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. Uh, let's close with uh, another Memorial Day theme and kind of end with Memorial Day in the same way we started our service in that way. Uh, Darnell and Wanda Abraham are just a wonderful young couple who have been a part of our church for many, many years, either in person uh, or now as they travel all across the country uh, in their work, they, they join us online uh, on a regular, regular basis. And you'll see them sing uh, for us or Darnell sing for us uh, sometimes here on our online service. And with the pandemic almost over, Darnell is now back to playing George Washington in the hit musical um, Hamilton. And he, and he sent out an email um, that, that went like this. He writes, as we find ourselves living in a world with increased uncertainty. I hope this email finds you safe and well in light of the ongoing war in Ukraine. I recently sat down with my friend and arranger, Dwayne Funderburk, to create a new arrangement of Deep River. We wanted to utilize the richness of this African-American spiritual as a vehicle to express the symbolic and literal longing for that promised land where all is peace. The song was recorded live for a concert that took place in Los Angeles. I would like to personally thank Dwayne for his collaboration, as well as my friend and Emmy Award-winning producer, Steve Schleider, for capturing this moment. This special arrangement of Deep River is dedicated to the people of Ukraine and lives lost throughout history for the sake of freedom. May it be of comfort inspiration, and bring you peace, Darnell. So let's close with Deep River.
I want to cross 